Is it recording? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. All right. Now I have to hear your story time. Yes. You ready for my story time? No. Voice? You don't like it? It just sounds fake. You sound fake. No, I don't. You're fake. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Board Games or Board Games, a podcast where my husband tries to keep my attention long enough to play board games, and then I make him record podcasts about it. I'm Nina. I'm Philip. And basically, I think board games are okay, but I'm not very good at them, so we're using this as a way to make us play, and our format is basically Philip will tell you a little bit about the game, and then we'll talk about it a little, and I'll tell you if I think it's good from the perspective of someone who gets bored easily and doesn't like to read through complicated instructions. So, this week we played Ghost Stories. So, Philip, can you describe Ghost Stories a little bit? Okay. Uh, Ghost Stories is a cooperative game. It was first published in 2008, designed by Antoine Bauza, and with art by someone that goes by just Piero that supports uh, one to four players and takes about an hour or so to finish. Um, In Ghost Stories, each player controls a Taoist defending a village from invading ghosts that are drawn from a deck with at least one ghost appearing every player turn. Uh, Players will have to exercise these ghosts and prevent the village from being overrun until Wu Fang, the Lord of Hell, appears and is also exercised. Uh, before describing how the game plays, I think it's good to have an understanding of how the board's laid out. So the village is made of a 3 by 3 grid of different tiles, and along the outer four edges of the board are the player boards of four different colors, and the player boards also have three slots where ghosts spawn if they share the player's color, and there's also black ghost cards that go anywhere, usually on whoever drew the card. So on each player's turn, the first action is that you draw a ghost and spawn a ghost, Uh, Some ghosts just stay put, and they take up a space on one of the four player boards, while others will move forward and eventually haunt a section of the village if they're not exercised. Um, Ghosts that can move then do move forward, and if they reach a tile, they haunt it. Uh, Different tiles represent different villagers that will help the players if they do an action on that tile, so losing the tiles can be bad, and also you lose if up to three of them get haunted. Um, Finally, the players get to do things, uh, moving around the board and either using the villager actions or attempting to exercise a ghost. Um, Exercising is done by rolling up to three dice, and it's done by this color-coded resistance thing. So you roll those dice, and if you match their colors up to their resistance, then you exercise them. And if not, you can spend Tau tokens, which are similarly color-coded. And if you can't do either of those things, then the ghost just stays there and nothing necessarily happens. And the game keeps going until, again, Wu Fang appears and you defeat him, in which case you just win. Otherwise, you can lose if, like I said, up to three tiles become haunted, if all the Taoists die, which can happen if too many ghosts spawn, or if a certain number of ghosts spawn after Wu Fang has already appeared. And that's pretty much it. So not complicated (laughs) at all. (laughs) Oh, man. Um... So we actually played this one twice because we didn't uh, record our podcast fast enough and we kind of forgot it. So uh, we'll kind of talk about both of those um, playthroughs 
but we played both of them in the initiation level, which is the easiest uh, level. There's harder ways to play, I guess. The first time we played, it took about 40 minutes just to set it up and read through the instruction book because as you might be able to tell by Philip describing it, the instructions are fairly complicated, at least to it, me. The, the instruction manual, this is a thing that was a problem. I mean, it, it still comes up from time to time, but it was a problem back when this game came out that instruction books were not translated very well or laid out in logical ways. And this is definitely a product of its time. So that didn't help things. Yes. Um, there's a lot of terms to kind of figure out and... Um, We had to go back to the instructions pretty much on every turn because we kept forgetting what the steps were, um, when the ghosts moved, what the villagers did. And it was hard to find things, yeah, in that instruction book sometimes. And also all the pronouns were he, him, which was (laughs) a little (laughs) maybe outdated, but also made me feel like I wasn't supposed to be playing. (laughs) A little annoying. And then once we had gotten through the instructions, the actual playtime was about 60 minutes, I think, both times we played. So it was only about 60 minutes the second time with yeah. setup, I think, maybe a little longer with setup. But uh, once you have the instructions, it's not so bad. So uh, we were able to pick it back up a little easier the second time. Uh, what did you think about it the first time we played it through? I did not like it, really. <laughs> um, it was... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it got the same feel as Pandemic, kind of, where basically you're just running around putting out fires and responding to the game, like a lot of cooperative games, but I didn't really uh, just grok the flow of it and the themes. I, I don't know, like I like the art, but the themes kind of just pseudo-Eastern-ish without, I don't know, and I didn't really... It didn't really connect with me, I guess. Yeah, I'm, which was funny. I forgot this, but Philip pointed out after we played it that first time that I had bought this game for him for his birthday, <laughs> and he was complaining about it. And then he mentioned that, and I was like, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> um, I think we thought we were going to lose pretty early on, and so we were sort of trying to just hurry up and get through it because we wanted to watch WandaVision. Um, but then we ended up actually winning somehow. So I don't really know if we played it correctly that first time, but we did win. Yeah. No, I'll say like, and I think we did felt like it was pretty easy the second time. Um, like Nina said, we played the initiation level difficulty. I've seen a lot of stuff online where people think call this game really hard. And so obviously we did like easy mode. So I don't, (laughs) yeah. And I'm wondering if it's harder with more than two players um, because it was just the two of us and you can still use the kind of powers of the alternate players that are not there. Um, Not every turn because you have to kind of get them back, but you can use them. So I think we were able to kind of play off of each other pretty easily with just the two of us. So that might be part of why it was easier possibly with two people and I guess you're not really pulling as many ghosts, maybe, sort of, as you would. I guess you are, but anyway, I don't know. Never mind. Never mind. One per turn. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, 
I, I don't yeah. know what I was trying to say, but anyway. Yeah, the second time we played, we actually remembered to use those extra powers. If you're playing with two people, you can utilize the little special abilities of the missing players, which we didn't remember to do much the first time we played, but we did remember the second time, and it did help us a lot. What other... Did you have any other critiques that you didn't like about it since you didn't really um, take to it the first time? It's got pretty so-so components. Um, the, But I, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's kind of a middling game just all around, in which I feel like that's a really mean thing to say, but I just the gameplay is... You, you, there's no strategy, I guess. You're just responding to things without you can't really set yourself up to be prepared for something that's going to happen you just always have to react um so I, I generally don't like games like that too much and um but i, I mean I, I i will say i enjoyed it more the second time so maybe like a couple more times i might just really like it and maybe we'll play in a harder mode and it'll, it'll some a different aspect of the game might show up but yeah yeah and i actually kind of like um reactive games <laughs> so it was okay with me but um I do actually I like particularly cooperative games obviously because I'm I'm not that great at competitive strategy so I liked I like cooperative games so I kind of liked that aspect um there were a couple things that I didn't uh super enjoy one thing was just I thought the turns were too short for each player so you have to choose between kind of getting help or actually doing an exorcism of a ghost. And I really wanted to do both. And I guess that that kind of forces a decision, which is sort of a strategy piece to, you know, it's part of the game that and it's supposed to make it harder, but it's still just kind of like, but I want to actually play and I feel like I don't actually get to play on every turn, which. Yeah, I the way that the player turns worked is you you first you move and I don't think you have to move but first you move if you want to and then you use a villager or you exercise something it probably would have been a lot more interesting if they gave you like I don't know uh choose two you know you can do two actions out of that list of three and you can do it in any order um because there were some times where i like i want to move after i do an action and things like that so yeah i agree yeah and i mean i don't know if maybe that would make it too easy because again we did win twice and i'm not that great at games but um yeah it's just kind of like when you're playing you you want to have like you want to feel like you have a full turn and i never felt like i really had a full turn except for when i got to exercise two ghosts which was pretty fun and then um this isn't necessarily a negative but for some reason if you really want to you can keep playing after you win um i guess you can kind of tally score. your score and then compare it to yourself later or whatever so uh, we did not do that um but I just I thought that was kind of weird I don't know why you would I guess if you just really like it and you want to see how well you did and if you can do better but that's some real nerd shit <laughs> thing I'll, I'll say about it um I might have mentioned this before, but so and there's this term with cooperative games that you probably understand right away um, called quarterbacking. And it's basically where a player who, you know, either has the personality type or they know the game better, uh, you can kind of take over the game and effectively play other people's turns and 
you know, it's supposed to be collaborative, but usually it's one person um, coming up with what other people should do. And uh, a lot of mod more modern, I mean, not like this game came out in the 80s or something, but, you know, games that have come out in the last few years have tried to do things to address that. And I don't really hold it against it, but I can definitely see this game just suffering from that if you've got the sort of person that would be liable to uh, try to, well, you need to do this. Because they, they mm -hmm. yeah. Or the person like me who's like, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> what, do I, what should I do? What do you think I should do? Which Philip's really good at telling me what to do only when I'm like, I really like I have no idea and I'm going to just sit here frozen until you tell me what to do. But other than that, like he, he tries to not like tell me exactly what to do generally. Um, but yeah, I mean those, those, those kind of people can also play it by themselves because you can play this one player if you want to, <laughs> then you can compare your score to yourself really good. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know if it would be better with three or four people. What do you think? Do you think? I, I feel like I might like it better with four. Um, it, it would probably be a little bit more chaotic, but just cause I mean, yeah, like I said, ghosts only appear once, once per turn. But I mean, when there are four people, I think that the, they would seem like they're appearing at a faster rate and I don't know. I don't think it would train change too much structurally. I think if I remember right, I think we had fewer ghosts like in the deck that we drew from yeah you you draw 10 more ghosts yeah. with three or four players so it might make the game go slightly longer maybe yeah but, definitely would um i don't know it's hard to tell though i don't think it would change it too much though maybe someday soon we'll be able to play I, th I do think this would be like a fun little uh if you were having a halloween party and you wanted to have kind of a themed game night um that this, this would be a fun one to take out for kind of a haunted themed night. Um, if you were playing for lots of hours and wanted to give a full one to, to a four player game, anything else? Any other thoughts? Nothing that I can think of. Um, I did see while I was looking up the, all the info about the game that this has been re-implemented, which that's basically the, you know, the mechanics, the rules of the game have been updated and then a different theme has been put on it and there's this game called last bastion which came out just uh 2019 so i think that's got like a kind of post-apocalyptic fantasy theme um but maybe they they fix some things and it might be a better game i don't know hmm. i wonder what's haunting you in that one zombies probably <laughs> no idea <laughs> Okay, so um, for our final ratings, uh, we've been doing best game ever, worst game ever, which if you want the explanation for you have to listen to our first two episodes of the podcast, <laughs> or maybe one in the future. But basically, we have to choose between those two. So what do you think, Philip, best or worst? Uh, I feel bad, but I'm going to actually say worst game ever on this <gasps> Oh my one. gosh. Yeah. That's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm still going to say best game ever. I think it came pretty close for me, but I can't quite give it worst game ever. Um, will I ever give something worst game ever? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I think probably something super like even more complicated, but, um, yeah, I, 
I'd still maybe be interested in playing this again. So I'm going to go best game ever. Okay, now we're going to bring you our bonus segment <laughs> where we talk about kid games and or anything else we feel like talking about later when we run out of kid games to talk about in our bonus segment. Um, so this time we're going to talk about Mermaid Island by Peaceable Kingdom, which is a cooperative game which is rated for ages five and up. So we've kind of mentioned before, but uh, cooperative games are really good for our six-year-old daughter and probably most children <laughs> of that age. Um, so it's nice to be able to find games that you can play as a team. The art is particularly pretty on this game, and it's relatively fun, I would say, even for us, at least the first few times you play. Uh, basically, it has three mermaids, and they have to get to their island before the sea witch gets there uh, and and the sea witch sends them back home, or back to the start, rather, if she catches them. So you have to kind of stay ahead of of the sea witch. Um, and we have fun doing a little nefarious song every time the, the sea witch moves, with the, which the kids really like. That is a our household specialty. Um, and usually we play it once the way you're supposed to play it, and then uh, we play some other crazy-ass rules where... They all just slide around on the bridges and stuff because we have a creative brainchild. <laughs> but that's fun too. We, we definitely recommend, or I recommend at least yeah. this one, um, probably for kids even four years old, f- four and up. I think we, pro- we started playing it when our oldest was four and it's, it's pretty simple so they can pick it up. Um, but it, spin a dial and see how far they move and... Yeah. And then decide which of the three you want to move. That's about it. It's just a spinner. Yeah. Um, but they're cute. And it's a quick uh, It's quick to play together. And um, also, I, I wanted to mention the, the Sea Witch is going to make for an excellent costume for our friend Joanna, who agreed uh, when she played this game over and over for an hour with our daughter that she would dress up as a Sea Witch for Halloween. <laughs> so thanks, Joanna. <laughs> I think the the kids were going to be um, the mermaids. <laughs> our our daughter right. told Joanna she had to be the sea witch. She's definitely forgotten about this. <laughs> I'll remind her. It'll be <laughs> fine. The children never forget these things. Anyway, that is a fun game that we recommend. And do you have anything else to say about Mermaid Island? No, I want to say it. I remember something about it having all like uh, eco-friendly components, which is cool to me. Um, I think like the little plastic uh, spinner dial is actually made out of like corn or something. So that's cool. Yeah, I think the Peaceable Kingdom brand does stuff like that, which is nice. All right. And that's it. Unless Philip has any last thoughts or other personal tales that he wants to tell you about. (laughs) He's really excited to record these and he loves it. Okay. Signing off. (laughs) Okay, goodbye.